When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello Bulls fans, welcome to Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Eye Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the show, a special free agency edition of Bulls HQ. We are recording this, I was going to say live, it won't be live when you're hearing this, but for us it is live. And uh, joining me today is uh, my last guest. I wasn't necessarily expecting to talk to him uh, so soon, but Morton Jensen is back on the show here talking Bulls with me, talking Bulls free agency. Where How many hours are we into this, Mort? Maybe three hours or so? We are three hours and 20 minutes into this. Yeah, so three hours and 20 minutes, and the Bulls have done a lot. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily expecting some of the moves that they've made. I was hopeful that the Lonzo deal would happen, and uh, literally within the first seconds of, of free agency, Lonzo Ball becomes a Chicago Bull, signs a four-year, $85 million, $85 million deal to become a Chicago Bull. That happened via a sign-and-trade, which is... What I was hopeful of happening, I didn't expect that to be the route that would go. I thought they may be forced into using their cap space to to go down that route, but they were able to engineer a sign-and-trade with the Pelicans that sent out Tomas Sadoransky, uh, Garrett Temple, and a future second-round pick to the Pelicans. And in doing so, the Bulls get Lonzo Ball, four years, $85 million. The, the deal is essentially done. It, it won't be official until the 6th of August, but... I was expecting Lonzo Mort. I was expecting for him, expecting Lonzo to come here for a deal around that that mark, the four four uh, over eighty mark, for it to be completed effectively or effectively be completed today. I wasn't hundred percent sure on that, but it, it's seemingly over the line, which is uh, awesome dealing by the Bulls. Yeah, absolutely. And as you spoke, we we saw a tweet come up here from uh, Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype, mm-hmm. who says that yep. the, the the contract has a player option for year four. So uh, it is three guaranteed years throughout with Lonzo, and then he can opt out after the third season. So that's mm-hmm. that's that's a decent contract overall. Uh, I like the value. I mean, it is roughly. The, the 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 same deal that Dennis Roder passed uh, down when he or yeah. passed up passed up in mm-hmm. in LA it was just a million more so this is roughly twenty what twenty one million uh, yeah t- twenty one and a yeah. half something like that so, yeah, yeah. twenty one point two something like that whatever yeah. the math is so yeah it's it's a reasonable number to your point yeah yeah exactly and it's probably not going to start there I can't imagine it's probably no. going to start at like something. 
what, like 19.5 or something? Yeah, maybe 18 and a half, 19 and a half, something like yeah. that. And then, you know, each year it'll progressively increase by uh, right. by 5 million. So that, that that fourth year might be, I don't know, 23-ish million, something like that. Yeah, exactly. So basically he is on a similar uh, payment contract for Sac Levine next year. Both of them yeah. are earning yeah. roughly around 19, uh, 20 million. And then also with the with the contract declining for Vooch, who's at 22, no, wait, 20. Is it 22 next year or is it 22 the last year? I don't remember. Maybe it's 24 this year. Um, either way, that trio is not expensive is basically my point here. You, you, you know, you see so many teams around the league who have multiple, uh, you know, I, I'm putting this in quotation marks, stars, but where each and, and every one of them are, are averaging like 30 plus min- million. Like these guys are combined roughly 20 million a year per player. This the the bull salary structure right now is really good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to confirm, yeah, uh Vucevic 22 million next year. Let's call Levine 19 and a half and for argument's sake, let's just say Lonzo's around the 19 and a half too. Right. To your point, you basically got those three guys at a, at a shade over 60 million. So <laughs> that's extremely good value. Now obviously that'll change in maybe 12 months time when Zach Levine is due a, a, a max deal type thing. So It'll still go right. up, and thereafter as well, uh, Vucevic will be requiring a new deal after that season. But to your point, for the upcoming seasons, the Bulls are getting extremely good value out of their out of their three players, or their three lead players, let's say. Um, so yeah, I, I think that is fantastic value, right? From that and, point and, of view, at least, yeah, right. And and Vucevic, when he's up for a new contract, he'll have to negotiate with a different team because by then Nikola Jokic is a free agent and, and of course he's going to sign with the Bulls in 2023 so uh no but overall I, I I just it's been a while since I've seen this level of creative financial control by by the Bulls uh so for for Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley to come in and, and really you know, put a positive dent in things like breaking with protocol uh, over their first extended off season where things are somewhat back to normal. Uh, that has to feel very, very optimistic for Bulls fans. Yeah, look, uh, there's, there's a million things I want to touch on. And uh, look, the, the, the cat minutia of it all, which is maybe the, the more technical side of things, maybe the more boring side of things that I'm not sure if everyone wants to listen to, but just the, there's the small things that they're doing with each of these moves that they're making that um just really go to show the uh well the level of intel the level of expertise they have in managing their cap managing their books compared to the last regime uh they've been more creative in the last couple hours than um what what I was expecting and certainly more creative over the last couple hours than maybe what we've seen you know guard packs over the last number of years so mm. from that point of view it gives you know, me as a fan of this team, you know, and, and I'm assuming everyone listening, it should give you faith that these guys are switched on and, and know how to extract value on the margin. So that in itself is a really good sign. And maybe that's more evident in, you know, uh, a deal that we're going to discuss a little bit later on. But even with this Lonzo deal as well, like, yes, that was a sign and trade. Yes, they sent out Sadoransky and, and Garrett Temple. But what that did was it, it ensured that the team stayed above the cap. So yep. the, the the Bulls had two options to either operate under the cap or, or operate over the cap. Operating over the cap or above the cap was the preferred option. Like I sort of alluded to before, I just didn't think it was going to happen because you kind of, 
you kind of have to be uh, relying on uh, the opposing teams that you're dealing with there to 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 help you out in that sense. So you needed the the Pelicans to agree to a sign and trade. If you want to trade Larry down the line via a sign and, a sign and trade, then again you need to have that team sort of agree with you to do so. So whilst you know, an above the cap option or route was the preferred way to go. I just didn't think it was going to happen because you have to have another team to play ball. And I assume they were going to have to go under the cap, use their cap space, or, you know, relinquish Sadoransky, potentially relinquish uh, Thad Young. Uh, that didn't happen. They guaranteed their deals earlier in the day. And when that happened, it, it made it very clear that this team was going to operate above the cap. And not only did they operate above the cap to get Lonzo, but in order to it to happen and to it if to happen swiftly and, and for the Pelicans not to match, they yes, they gave up something in Sadoransky and Temple in a second, but they got the deal done essentially is my point. Mm. Um so that was a you know a really positive thing to see that this this team is um, this executive group is prepared to make moves and is prepared to maybe put on the table things to facilitate those moves. So in that in that sense as well, it gives me confidence for future moves, I guess is my point. Yeah. I was actually a proponent initially of not acting as above the the cap team because I think uh, yeah we I discussed lot, that last week we we did yes because yeah. I wanted to keep the, the money available for for SAC uh, yeah. in case of a renegotiating extent which is now off the table but mm-hmm. I will say this and like I think I said last week it comes down to the alternatives like you have to gauge. Uh, what is most important? Like, is it most important to upgrade the roster to an extent that makes it such a slam dunk that Zach is going to resign next year? And so far, I think hitting on the markets uh, it helps that. Like, this is not a bad signal to send to Zach. Like, they got Lonzo Ball. They got Alex Caruso, who we'll talk about as well. Uh, they still have Laurie Markinen as a restricted free agent who could, they can send out in a trade and get something back. They still have Thaddeus Young on the roster. They simply haven't given up a whole lot. Uh, so right now, I think it's absolutely worth it staying over the cap for what they've done, what they've achieved. Uh, so, so yeah, I think I think my my early skepticism was simply because the Bulls have so rarely done anything creative in terms of the books uh, mm-hmm. that I was sort of skeptical. But now uh, it's, they know what they're doing, and I fully expect them not to be done yet. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like even just thinking about Lonzo's deal of four of eighty five million dollars. Four, four years rather over $85 million. Initially, like if you had told me uh, that was going to be the number maybe a week ago, a month ago, I wouldn't have said, no, don't sign that deal. But it, I would have said it's probably a couple million more per year than what I would have preferred. But to your point there, the fact that they've sort of enabled their books to churn over and they've sort of sent out some salary in order to come back and take on that Lonzo deal as well. Like the net gain is is somewhat similar. So yes, you're probably paying Lonzo maybe 2 million more a year than I would have preferred, but this is restricted free agency. You have to go and get your guy and to pay him a little bit more and to offset that by moving some pieces that you know weren't long-term pieces like Garrett Temple, what he's like 34, 35 years of age. I'm a, I'm a Sadoransky fan. I would have been happy with bringing him back uh, again this season, but again, he's a he's a limited aging veteran who um, you know if you get Lonzo, then then you, there should be no need to necessarily keep Sadoransky around because there's a lot of crossover right. between their skills. So yeah, to your point, like. Maybe what we were discussing last week was relevant at the time, but the fact that the Bulls have been able to stay above the cap, go get their guy in Lonzo, maneuver around that to make to make sure that they're they're keeping open flexibility for other moves. Uh, yeah, I'm just really I'm really really thrilled at the way 
you know, irrespective of, of what the Bulls have done in terms of way they've done it, because that gives me a lot of faith and confidence moving into, well, the remainder of this free agency period, but moving beyond this period, I suppose, and um, as to how things sort of progress, you know, during the season, whether they, you know, the trade deadline or, you know, in future drafts or, or future off-seasons or whatever it may be. I've got more faith now than what I previously had. And not to say my faith was dwindling, but I was a little concerned that the Bulls made the moves that they did at the deadline, obviously didn't even make the play-in. This, this offseason, I was treating it as a as a real make or break, so to speak, for this for this management group, which, I don't know, maybe that was unfair of me. But if you're going all in, you're pushing your chips in and, and you're going for win-now moves like, like you know, training for Vucevic, then you really need the results to show for it. And that wasn't necessarily evident uh, during the season. But I think now my confidence is restored seeing how this seeing how this free agency period is thus far, at least within the first three hours, uh, you know, how it's played out thus far. Absolutely. And I think the on-court fit is, is going to be pretty seamless. Um, remember back in, in Phoenix years ago when they had the second seven, second seconds or less system, then when they traded for Shaq, they kind of, they pivoted into a system called seven seconds or Shaq, which basically meant if they didn't get an early shot, they would go to like a half court setting, uh, and, and give Shaq the ball. I think that would be something similar that we could see this year with, with, with Vooch being that half court presence who can, you can get him a shot near the basket. You can, uh, like really clear things out on either side and, and give him deep post position. But otherwise you're trying to run. You know, Lonzo is a quick, point guard or guard just or, or a wing whatever the hell he is i don't even know it seems nba twitter is very very up in arms about whether he's a wing or a guard i really don't care yeah. he's a ball handler he's a creator he's a guy who can run he's a transition guy and look you know when you have a guy like sack Levine, uh and even kobe white on the roster as well who can run and 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 shoot and in Levine's case also jump you know th- the floor is going to be wide open so i am looking forward to seeing what this bulls group can do um, I also think this could accelerate the development of Patrick Williams, to be honest with you. I mean, a, a pass-first player like Lonzo, uh, an athletic, big, wide body like Patrick Williams, I, I would not be shocked to see uh, him take a significant, a significant step up because of the presence of Lonzo. So I'm very, very optimistic about this Bulls team right now. Yeah, for sure. And like, as we're recording this at the moment, the New Orleans Pelicans have just got in their Lonzo replacement, which is Devontae Graham. They signed yep. him to a four-year, $47 million deal in a sign-and-trade. And in order to facilitate that deal, they've actually had to send out to Charlotte a 2022 lottery-protected first-round pick. Now, compare that to what the Bulls got where yep. or what the Bulls sent out, which was Sadoransky. You know, again, a good player, um, but not a long-term piece. Garrett Temple, again, not a long-term place, a decent role player to have. But I know I'd rather have a 2022 lottery pick than a, um, than those two guys. So I actually think the Pelicans have kind of paid more for Graham than what the Bulls have in this sense. I would rather have Lonzo Ball and uh, on my team for 4 for 85 than sending out a first-round pick in order to get to get through uh, yeah. Devontae Graham. So I don't know, in that sense as well, I think the Bulls have made some nice moves when you compare it from that perspective. But... You know, in terms of the fit, like we've all discussed Lonzo on on the Bulls for so long now because it's been long rumored for months now. I mean, it, it feels like we've been talking about Lonzo for 20 years, even though it's only been, you know, maybe six months, something like that, <laughs> maybe even less. But he just fits really well with what the Bulls are doing in present day. 
Yeah. But he, he fits as well in terms of what the next phase of the team is as well. Now, you were jokingly before about the Nikola Jokic piece, but I, I guess why, why this does make a lot of sense to me is his timeline is very similar to that of Zach Levine's. I mean, Zach's like 26, 27, something of that vicinity. Lonzo Ball, 23, 24-year-old. That, that is on the same timeline, effectively. So those yeah. two can be paired together for the next five, six, seven years, whatever it may be. You've got Patrick Williams there, and therefore, if you want to pivot away from the Vucevic, I won't call it error, but you know the Vucevic time here in Chicago in a couple of years' time, then you can go back and be younger around Patrick Williams, Zach Levine, and um, and, and Lonzo Ball, because they are all somewhat more of a, on a similar timeline, whereas you've got Vucevic out there as a 31-year-old 31 31 center. But similarly to that, because you've got Patrick Williams, you've got Lonzo, you've got Levine, you can still add an, a more win now guy, someone who's, you know, 28, 29, 30, 31 even, adding to the to the group now, try to win some games over the next 12, 24 months. And like I said there, you can easily pivot to that new young, or not new, but you can re-pivot and redistribute the, uh, the team around those three guys again thereafter. So I guess what I'm saying is it's very uncommon to bring through a 23, 24-year-old restricted free agent who has improved every season to get that guy in from an opposing team and to add that piece to your core at a reasonable number is not something that you see every off-season, particularly in restricted free agency. So that in itself makes a lot of sense. But the fact that Lonzo fits so seamlessly on this team and addresses not every issue the Bulls need, but addresses a lot of the issues the Bulls had, um, I couldn't be more of an over the moon about this deal. And, you know, <laughs> going back to what we were talking about before, like all the little small pieces, the intricate pieces of this deal that are happening around the margins, it, it just it just makes it at, at minimum a B plus deal. But hell, I'm going to throw it up towards an A because I'm, I'm feeling hyped right now. <laughs> no, I, I think it deserves an A. I mean, because it's not just that. It's it's the fact that, you know, the Daniel Tice thing, turning that into a, a, a sign and trade and stuff, just like, like, let's be honest. And I'm, I don't want to turn this uh, moment of joy into an episode where uh, you're, you're needlessly bashing guard packs, but but I mean, they would let guys expire very very mm-hmm. easily. They they would let them walk. They would they would move on without really getting anything from those guys. This was a very frequent issue of theirs. And here with the Daniel Tsai situation, he's going to the Rockets, obviously, and. The Bulls are basically saying, "Hey, you know what? Let's uh, let's make this a sign and trade." Or, well, maybe even the Rockets made that uh, made that inquiry per- potentially. But even so, that's an opportunity the Bulls picked up because that means that you're going to get a somewhat large uh, traded player exception that they can use down the line. Maybe they even use it to a- absorb the contract of Alex Caruso because you can uh, absorb a, a-, a sign and trade into a traded player exception. So if they do that. Suddenly, magically, they will have their non-tax MLE opened wide up again. Um, at least that is the thinking. I need to double check <laughs> the salary cap rules, obviously. But if that's in line, the Bulls just created essentially two uh, non-tax MLEs for themselves during one summer while also picking up Lonzo Ball while still having Laurie Markkinen uh, as a restricted free agent who they can sign and trade for something else. So, like... They just created an environment for themselves where they became, where they found themselves in the driver's seat is probably the best best way to, to to phrase it. Whereas the regime of the past, they kind of were settled into being on the back seat, just observing. So it's it's a tremendously different approach to team building, which I think is exciting and it's refreshing and 
frankly, Bulls fans, uh, I think, deserve it because, good Lord, have I seen uh, Bulls fans over the past few years been been down and disappointed and, and uh, yeah, yeah, had a tough go. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I created this podcast, I think, uh, just as the 3-Alpha era was launching. Thereafter, all I've known is bad, <laughs> pretty much. And <laughs> as has everyone listening to this, we've had to deal with nonsense after nonsense after nonsense. And to your point, like, yeah, maybe Garpax could maybe bring through Lonzo Ball, but they're doing it via cap space. They're clearing their their their, their cap sheets. They're going under the cap, uh, under the cap to, to bring in Lonzo and maybe you get your guy but you get him with less less flexibility you have less pieces around the margins to do different things so that 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 is key and and to that point like you alluded to there maybe we can transition to the other big signing the bulls have made thus far out of nowhere i wasn't expecting this one they they signed free agent guard lakers guard alex caruso to a four-year 37 million dollar deal and it's very clear that the Bulls now are, are taking very seriously the need for you know backcourt players, the need for backcourt players who can play both ends of the court, that can shoot right. from three, that can defend defend at the point of the attack, and that's what you're getting from someone like Alex Caruso, six foot six. I'll call him a, a basketball player. Maybe he's a hooper. Who the hell knows? But what he <laughs> is is a guy that can play one through three, defend on a number of positions, fits really nicely along either Zach or, or Kobe as does Lonzo to, to that point as well, but can play off the ball and it's really going to help boost the, the Bulls' perimeter defense. I did not see that move coming, but you, you sort of alluded to as well. Like whilst the Bulls have unfortunately had to say goodbye to Daniel Tice, what they may be doing is sort of connecting these two moves and maybe engineering a situation where, you know, these, these moves can be connected. When I saw the figures that come through for, for the Caruso signing, four years, $37 million, that fits exactly into the full mid-level exceptions that the Bulls do have. They wouldn't have the full mid-level, mid-level exception had they gone the cap space route. They wouldn't have had the full MLE. They would have had the room MLE, which would have been around, I think, $4.7 million or something, or something around that vicinity. For whatever reason, it's not coming to my head. But the point is, they wouldn't have been able to get Caruso had they gone right. the, the cap space route. Because they operated above the cap, they got Lonzo in, they re- retained their full mid-level exception, they're able to get in uh, Alex Caruso. Now, connecting the dots here with the Daniel Tice piece, well, maybe they'll they'll be getting, well, maybe they won't be getting, uh, what's the name, Caruso through the mid-level exception. Maybe they've created a traded player exception yeah. by sending over Daniel Tice mid-level exception as well to go out and sign someone else. So... Again, coming back to what we've been talking about, about winning moves on the margins, these are the little details that enable the Bulls just to keep adding pieces. You know, yes, they could have had Lonzo Ball via free agency had they gone under the cap. Maybe they could have squeezed in Alex Caruso as well if they sort of didn't guarantee the Thad deal and and maybe, you know, created enough space, you know, created $30 million in space to get both in. Yes, that could have happened, but to what we're sort of explaining here. You don't get the traded player exception. You don't get other pieces on the margin that you can use for other deals. So um yeah, I'm just I'm just so hyped right now, Mort, because these these yeah. are little little things that maybe you know the fans will see getting in Lonzo, getting Caruso. These are two players that are obviously going to help out the other rotation straight away. But it's these other little things that are coming in addition to these guys that have really got me excited at the moment. And I'm hoping that's coming through to the listeners voice or from my voice to the listeners that uh, <laughs> everyone should be buoyed about what we're seeing right now. Cause it's um, these small little things that are, that are important. No, well, obviously, I mean, I can tell and look, look, full disclosure, you and I used to run a podcast called Dennis Potman. 
as <laughs> some people will will remember. And the reason shout out we, to Kevin Ferrigan as well. Yeah, very much so. And he came up with the name. Um, he did. And and like just full disclosure, we decided to actually stop that podcast because every episode we recorded ended up being extremely negative and we didn't enjoy it not that we didn't enjoy this company but we didn't enjoy always talking about something that was extremely negative and then of course you just went right back and started your own podcast yeah i was the only idiot that continued yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm not an idiot but I can, but I can sense, obviously, in your voice, uh, just hearing you, because I, I podcasted with you for a long time, that 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 that, that acceleration that I, I haven't ever heard before. Um, and it's exciting. Look, I had twenty two years of fanhood with the Bulls, uh, so I, I can't say I'm I'm impartial. I'm I'm more removed from being a Bulls fan than I was in the past. But I, I look, I'm sitting here and I'm getting giddy. I'm absolutely getting giddy because I don't remember this being such a high point for Bulls fans. So I'm I'm soaking it all up. It's it's fantastic. And the creativity and let's see, man, this summer could get even more crazy. I mean, we, we haven't heard much buzz about Laurie Markinen, but if there's a team out there that's willing to take him on and is willing to do it over a sign and trade, you know, that could be interesting. That could be another player right there as well. So we'll we'll have to make sure we are we we're aligned with the cap. Uh, because like you said, it does trigger the hard cap conducting a sign and trade. So that's something we need to be aware of. But yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So to that fun. point, when you, when you make a sign and trade, like the Bulls have with Lonzo, that, that is one of the three things that trigger a hard cap. Now, in this case for the Bulls, the hard cap, I think is around 138 million, something like that. Essentially, they can't exceed that number. Now, uh, 143, I believe. It's the apron you're okay. talking about. Yeah, okay, cool. So that number is basically, they can't exceed that number in terms of contracts. Now, what I'm not 100% clear on is can you only do one sign and trade or can you do multiple sign and trades so long as you don't exceed that number? That's what I'm not 100% clear on thus far. And to your point, maybe we need to uh, get to the bottom of that from a cap perspective. Whilst I know a little bit about the cap, I'm not a capologist, let's say. Um, But to that point, and what you mentioned there, like from Larry Markin, like coming back to what we were sort of just saying before, like in order to create a lot of the cap space that we were thought the Bulls would have to do or they would need to, to make some of the moves that we had hoped, part of that came with just letting Larry go basically uh, or renouncing his qualifying offer, which um, or renouncing his cap hold, which at, the, at this point is, is counting against the books for $20 million. Now, Obviously, they don't have to do that because they're they've able to be to to get through Lonzo by operating over the cap. They got through Alex Caruso as well, so they they do have Lowry sitting there as a piece that they could use as a trade piece potentially to again continue to bolster this roster. And I'm hoping that's what happens because at the moment, when you look at the depth chart, there's not a lot on the wing. So, you know, we've obviously got through Caruso. We've got through um, Lonzo Ball. So your point guard rotation right now is solid. Your shooting guard rotation, Levine, Kobe White um, at, at, at present. So, again, solid. On the mm-hmm. wing, pretty much at the, at the moment, you've only got Troy Brown Jr. 
up front, you've got Patrick Williams, Thad Young, uh, Alfarik Amino, and Nikola Vucevic. Then outside of that, what you have is you've got Lowry Markkinen as a restricted free agent. You've got Javante Green as well and Devin Dotson as restricted free agents. Uh, currently, as unrestricted free agents, you've got Archie Diakno and Valentine, who I'm assuming are not coming back, but I have to mention right. them. And thus far as well, you've got unsigned players like um, like Ayu and Simonovic. So we'll see what happens with those two. I'm assuming, obviously, both are going to be signed and added to the roster after all these moves are made but the point is this team needs wings mm-hmm. and what and the best way that they can acquire a wing at this point is maybe through their full, full mid-level exception depending on how that Tyson Caruso deal sort of weaves itself through or maybe you can use Larry Markin as a sign and trade piece to bring through a wing and I guess that's where I'm hopeful more of maybe I've got this wrong maybe this isn't 100% possible from a cap point of view but I'm hopeful that they can swing a deal for DeMar DeRozan. And yeah. I'm assuming it is being possible, or it is possible, because it has been reported by Brian Windhorst that the Bulls were chasing both Lonzo and DeMar DeRozan. Now, because of that report, I'm assuming it is you know, possible to be done via the cap or via the cap rules. Maybe I'm wrong, but I believe it is possible. Yeah, I didn't really love the idea of getting through DeMar if he was the lone free agent signing that the Bulls were going to sort of create this offseason you know if he was the backup plan to Lonzo but if you can get through DeMar to bolster that wing rotation whilst you've already added Lonzo and Caruso who can sort of help you boost that defensive point of view because obviously DeMar isn't the greatest defender neither is Levine and Vucevic then if you can use Larry as that piece to swing a deal for DeMar or maybe you trade Thad Young to bring through DeMar then all of a sudden, we're talking about a real legit decent team, like maybe a team that's not going to win a title, but a team that could realistically win 50 games and um, could be a damn good, fun Bulls team. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. And I realize that there are defensive questions hovering around DeMar DeRozan, but frankly, Mark, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's just too good of a score and offensive player. He Look, this is a guy who played power forward last season and averaged seven assists per game. Yeah, you that, have that's to, the key part. That's the key part, the seven assists part. Right, exactly. And plus, no, well, there's another key part there. He does put a lot of pressure on defense. He's a rim runner. He's a guy who can get to yeah. the free throw line. Like he's yeah. a, no, not rim runner, sorry, rim pressurer. Like he puts yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of pressure yeah. on the rim. Gets that's going him. to, yes, exactly. And and if you have Zach Levine on the one side and you have Lonzo Ball on the other side and you have DeMar DeRose in the middle, you know what? That fast break, that's going to lead to points one way or the other. So um, while while the overall defense might not be great, a a team that has a primary core of Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and, and Nikola Vucevic with maybe Thad Young off the bench, I, I assume you're going to keep one, him or, or Markin in, uh, you know, that type of team has a chance to put up 120 per game. Uh, that that's just the reality of the situation. That this is a team that could come in and be an elite offensive squad, and I'll take that. I will take that, even if it means that they have a middling or subpar defense. I will take that because you know what? That is going to be fun to watch first and foremost. And scoring works. Sorry, I mean I know that that the basketball purists out there go oh, defense is half the game. It was in the eighties, sure. It's not anymore. 
go nuts. Get go go score the ball in all sorts of the variety you can. And and with that lineup, you have everything. You have post scores, you have slashers, you have shooters, you have everything. It's 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 such a wholesome unit. So I'm hoping that the Bulls swing a deal for DeRozan. I think that would be extremely fun. And I might have to put them at the very top of my league pass ranking if they do. Yeah, and why that's important is, oh, I mean, I mentioned the, the wing rotation and how weak it is, but this free agency, there aren't a lot of wing options. So right. I know a lot of fans, not a lot, but there was some that I saw online when the, the news came through that they signed uh, Alex Caruso to the number they did, four years, $37 million, that people were asking, why isn't that number or that that yeah that contract effectively going to a free agent wing? And I, I guess my pushback is like, who is that wing that it's going to go to? There's virtually no wings available on on the free agent market that would have been good for that number. The only guy that I could have come up with is is Reggie Bullock, who took a three year thirty million dollar deal to go to the Dallas Mavericks. So that number is slightly above the mid level exception. And you know maybe he wants to go and play off Luka Doncic. Maybe he didn't want to come to Chicago. He didn't obviously stay in New York. So in that sense, he was probably the only real wing that I had some decent interest in. And beyond DeRozan, and like I said, I wasn't necessarily interested in, as De, in DeRozan as the lone big free agent in the offseason because that wouldn't have been super palatable, particularly if he didn't address the point guard issues. But now that you've added Alonzo and Caruso, if you can get DeMar to be like your second or third option behind Levine and Vucevic, like it, it just makes a lot of sense. And if you can align DeMar's deal to, to match Vucevic's deal where, you know, Vucevic expires in two year, in two years, maybe with DeMar, you give him a three year deal. That second or sorry, that third year is maybe a partial guarantee or, or yeah. a second or sorry, that third year is maybe a partial yeah. guarantee or, or a team option, push it up to 70 million or something like that and, and have that partial guarantee in that, in that third year, lining his deal up with uh, Vucevic. Going back to what we said before, like when you can sort of phase out the, this roster where you can win now for the next couple of years, or at least you know push and and put together a really fun team. Thereafter, after that two year period, maybe you move on from from Vucevic and DeRozan at that point, and then you retool around Levine, uh, Williams, and, 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 and Lonzo. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, you bring that's when you bring through Nikola Jokic. So uh, <laughs> that, that's the grand plan. But I guess my point is like, yes, it would make sense for this specific team right now over the next one to two years. But even then, thereafter, like if you if you get DeRozan, maybe you're paying a little bit over now in terms of dollars per year. But if you can sort of shorten the length of that contract, then it makes a lot of sense because. Yeah, the Bulls are in a win-now mode, so to speak. So let, let's right. go for it. And because there's not a lot of win-now wing options available, um, I, I, I really hope the Bulls do land DeMar in, in, in free agency, which is not something I was expecting to say. But here we are. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. But we'll see. And I'm, I'm assuming... Let's see what what happens with DeMar. I mean, I, I don't know where he's going to go. Like, does he stay in San Antonio? I... I, I, I for him to land on a place like the Clippers or the Lakers or the Miami Heat, who the Heat, you know, they, they brought through Kyle Lowry. So naturally there would be some reason for DeMar to maybe link up with his old buddy there. But right. those team, those teams can't give DeMar much money. The Bulls can basically double them the amount of coin that they can send DeMar versus what those other teams could. So, um, I think the Bulls have an option there again, going back to what we said, if it's cap feasible, which I'm assuming it is. If they can land DeMar, then then that would be awesome. If they can't, then, I don't know, maybe you pivot to a, a, a smallish contract wing for the moment, keep your options open, and maybe look to tr- uh, trade for, for a wing during the season. I, I don't know if that's right. possible as well, but 
I guess that's the lone hole I see in the roster right now, along with backup center. They're kind of the only two points the Bulls really need to address at this point. Some sort of wing help, as well as backup center. I, I would agree. And and look, hell, if you're being creative uh, with it, may, and like let's say DeMar DeRozan goes elsewhere. I mean, there are rumblings out there that the San Antonio Spurs are also shopping Deontay Murray. So, And there was also rumblings that they were interested in more in marketing. So if you could somehow swing a deal marketing for Murray, now I'm not saying I believe that that's on the table, but if it's there, I mean, look, free agency is crazy. Who knows? Then you could basically move Lonzo up to the three and just run Murray, Levine, and 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 Lonzo. Lonzo is big enough for a wing. Like I don't, I I don't think that's a problem. He's six six. Like why not? Yeah. And then you just run. Then you just run. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, look, and it doesn't have to be to San Antonio. Like, obviously, if you if you're just looking at free agents, then then Demar maybe is the lone wing that makes sense. But if you're right. looking at signing and trading Larry elsewhere to maybe some players who are already under contract, then maybe you can get a wing from elsewhere. Maybe it's not the level of De- a Demar Derozan, but maybe you can get a reasonable wing somewhere else. Now, if yeah. you were to trade uh, Larry to to the Hornets, for example, via a sign and trade, is there something that could be done where you? You, you send over Larry to, to the Hornets and maybe you can get back PJ Washington or something of that nature. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm being a, a little bit foolish in that. Maybe, maybe the, uh, the Hornets wouldn't do that. But after, you know, they've got Gordon Haywood. Um, they've, they've got some options up front. And if you're bringing through Larry Marketing, you, then you need to, you know, potentially yeah. free up some space in that front court. Maybe you could grab someone like a PJ Washington. If it's not with the Hornets, can you send him over to Minnesota, who is a team that reportedly was interested in a sign and trade for Larry? Is there a wing option on their roster that maybe you could bring through from Minnesota over to Chicago? Now, reportedly, Jared Culver's available. I would want something a little bit more than Jared Culver, given that the first two years of his NBA career have not been good. But I don't know. Can you man- man- manufacture something there? Like Malik Beasley, for example. Maybe Scotty yeah. Pittman wouldn't be happy about that. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, these I'm are okay the with that. Things- yeah, yeah, as, as am I. But uh, these are the things I'm starting to think about. Like, if it can't right. be Demar, then let's use Lara as a sign and trade to go get through a decentish wing who can come in and do some things off right. off off the uh, off the bench or as a starter. Maybe chip in ten points, something like that. Play some good defense. But he's an already a guy that's currently contracted. You don't need to move Larry for another guy who's uh, currently available in free agency. And, and to be fair, like we said, there's no real wings that I would kind of want to move Larry for at this point. And I know maybe, you know, some fans listening will will, uh, will bring up the name of Kelly Oubre, but I'm not a Kelly Oubre fan, so, you know, I'm not interested there either. So, I don't know. My point, my point is the, the Bulls aren't done wheeling and dealing. They have their backup center spot to fill. I was high, I was hopeful that it was going to be JaVale McGee, but he's he's going to Phoenix on a one-year $5 million deal. That, that's a nice signing for Phoenix. But oh. maybe it could be Ken Birch or someone like that, like a, or even Taj Gibson maybe. Like Just get a low – a guy that you can put in there on the Vetman deal or the biannual exception, which is $3.5, $3.7 million, something like that. Get a player of that nature in. To, to come in and give you 10, 15 minutes, or maybe you go into the G League or somewhere else, or even in Europe and, and you, you pull a guy out and um, you go from there. Obviously, you've got Simonovic as well, you can consider too, but back up center, the wing, call it an off season, let's go into next season, let's win 50 games, and let's put a good product on the floor for the first time in a number of years. Right. So I just want to mention one thing because um, 
Yo, let's be honest, you're a big shot on Bulls Twitter and you just brought up PJ Washington. So there are going to be a lot of people going, Oh, Mark brought up PJ Washington. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> so I just want to, I just want to preface something because you called him a wing. He has not played a single minute of small forward in his life. In fact, he played almost half his minutes last year at center. At center. Um, yeah. So he's, he's basically a, a, a big, I understand what you're, where you're coming from though. Like a guy who is, a solid def- a defender and someone who it, it can be relied upon to score the basketball as well. Mm-hmm. Like you're just, you, you just want a two way guy, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Look, maybe PJ plays four with you and um, you have to keep Patrick Williams at small forward. I do. Right, I would exactly. like to pick a push Patrick up to power forward. Cause that's where I think uh, feasibly he makes most sense with him. I, like the way, uh, the way the, the, the Hornets have used Bridges and PJ Washington, like ideally that's how I want to use Patrick Williams going forward. Similarly with what the Raptors have done with Siakam, OG and Anubi, and what I'm assuming they're going to do with Scotty Barnes, then you know keep those guys up higher on the court or higher up in the rotation at power forward and center. That's what I want for Patrick Williams. But maybe initially, you, you know, if you if you have to bring through a guy like PJ Washington, who's probably more four than three. Then yeah, keep 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 Williams at at a small forward for the season and see right. how it goes. But yeah, I, I certainly take your point. But that that was an example. But that's that's kind of where my brain's ticking over at the moment. No, no but I hear you. I think I, I do think we need to be cautious one with one thing of, regarding Lowry. By the way, just so so we don't get caught up in it, and it is his archetype of player. And we talked about it a little bit last time as well. It, it's it's not very attractive in today's NBA. Um, yeah. Like the 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 old school power forward has more or less died. I mean, there just isn't that interest level anymore in in, in running a a too big system. And you almost have to play Laurie at the four next to a proper center because look, the the Bulls tried for four years to 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 give him center minutes, and you know what? He just couldn't. Um. So why would any other team look at him and go, "We can turn him into a center"? I mean. People are smart in the NBA now. They are. This isn't the Isaiah Thomas let Knicks, and I and I think teams are just wanting that one big three wings. You know what I or three three four. Wow, it's very late. It's four in the morning. One <laughs> yeah. one big four perimeter guys. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. No. Look, I I, I 100% agree with you. I don't want to play multiple bigs in the same in the same lineup, which is why I'm well, one of the reasons why I'm keen to get Larry, rid of Larry, particularly after. Um, you know, training for Vucevic, but, uh, you know, I guess what I'm thinking is, can you exploit a team, a dumb team who has traditionally done dumb things, who uh, isn't a free agent market, let's say, maybe the Hornets aren't that team, but like the Minnesota Well, Timberwolves let's look are. up the Kings. They're, let's was, look up the Kings. I was literally, just, I'm glad you said that, because as you were speaking, I brought up the Kings. Now, again, this guy isn't necessarily a... Um, a small forward, he's more of a power forward, but maybe you can push Patrick Williams down to small forward. But can you engineer a deal for Lowry to the Kings for, say, Harrison Barnes? I don't know. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. But, like, Harrison Barnes is a decent, good vet. Like, is that something the Bulls can maybe do? Maybe Buddy Heald? Again, not going to help you on the defensive side of the ball, but he's going to come in and uh, shoot a million threes, and that is obviously good for your offense too. So um, whether it's those guys, whether it's a different team, I guess what I'm I'm saying is can we find a way to get Larry to one of these dumbass teams, bring back (laughs) a decent player who can help you in the short term, 
whether it's a vet, whether it's a young guy, I, I don't care at this point. I just want to move yeah. on from the Larry Markin experience and um, just do something to help me bolster this wing rotation. And um, whether it's Harrison Barnes, whether it's someone else, uh, whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, let me tell you this. If the if the Kings trade uh, Harrison Barnes for Larry Markkinen, the Bulls win the summer hands down. I mean, they're already one of the front runners to winning the summer, but, but that would be – that would clinch it because he would be – the, the perfect fit next to Pat because those two guys would be interchangeable. Both Harrison Barnes and Patrick Williams can play the three, and both of them can mm-hmm. play the four. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't. It would be the most positionless power, uh, forward tandem in the entire NBA. So that would just be beautiful. It wouldn't even matter like how you define them because both can set picks, both can dribble a little bit, both can do pull ups. It's perfectly interchangeable. Um, well, it's the Kings, so they're not the smartest team. I'll, I'll admit that, but they have—they also have their own power forward experiment in Marvin Backley, so they might yeah, also yeah, be a little yeah. bit skeptic, uh, yeah. skeptical just in, in terms of that. But, um, well, I mean, look overall, look, we'll, it's we'll just find about, out, mate. We'll find right, out. exactly, exactly, and that's the point. The point is there's still doors that can be opened, which uh-huh. is what you talked about at the very top of the show, and that's what's exciting. That's what's yeah. exciting. The fact yeah. that the, this summer isn't even near done after the Bulls landed two huge fish, fish within the first two hours. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I was fully expecting the Bulls just to renounce Lowry, letting him go for nothing because that's what you needed to do in order to create as much cap space as possible. Like that had to be part of the equation. But now we're sitting here in a situation where the Bulls have Caruso and Monzo locked up. They have avenues to do other things, whether it's with their full mid-level exception, again, depending on how that Caruso-Tice thing ties together. But also, like, they have Lowry sitting there that they can maybe do something with. They have Thad Young sitting there to maybe use as a piece via trade. They guaranteed Young's deal so that he, you know, you can move his entire $14.5 million deal yeah. in, a, in a deal. So to your point, the Bulls have a couple little places they need to fill out the roster with. Importantly, they have the pieces to maybe do something that with whether it's you know maybe you can take up take care of center with with the free agents that are available, but on the wing you have Thad, you have Larry to do some stuff with, which to your, your point, uh, it's exciting. I'm I'm very amped about how things have gone over the first few hours. We're, we're ticking over four hours in free agency. The first four hours have been fav- very favorable to the Bulls. I'm excited to see <laughs> what they do. You know, in, over the coming days, and, and then obviously we lead into summer league. But look, more, you mentioned there before that it's four a.m. where you are. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll call the podcast here. I think we've touched on on most of the points. There's probably things that I've omitted, things that have just flown over my head because I'm still in a bit of a haze as to all the stuff that's going on. And um, yeah, I'm just more excited, I suppose, as well. So I'm probably bouncing around and just you know missing dot key dot points that I wanted to discuss. But nonetheless, <laughs> the point is, I'm happy. I'm I'm hoping people listening to this are happy. Is this team winning a title? No. Who cares? It's it's going to be a good, fun team. It was, it's it's a progression to the Bulls being a good, respectable team again, and that's all I yep. wanted. And I'm hopeful that people listening to this, um, that you, yeah, you you're, you're sharing the same hope and um, the same excitement that I have at the moment. Maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe the team just, you know, on paper at least, um, it looks good, but maybe it doesn't play that way out uh, on the court. Who the hell knows? But I guess my point is, I'm I'm, I'm quite uh, jubilant with how things have transpired thus far. Ultimately, we'll see how it transpires on the court, but um, I'm happy right. more, and um, I'll, I'm very happy that you were able to join me on this episode of Bulls HQ. Tell the people where they can follow you, Mort. 
please, before you get away, I know it's 4 a.m. I want to get you away, but um, you've done me the uh, the good service of jumping on the pod. So uh, tell the people where they can follow you online. Well, anytime. Thank you for having me. Well, you can find me on Twitter at MSJNBA. You can find my writing at Forbes. Uh, I have a podcast called the NBA Podcast that I host with my my partner in crime, Brian Zaporek. And you can find me on YouTube at the NBA Show, where tonight, for example, I did a two-hour live stream with uh, Mark Deeks, uh, a former Bulls fan as well, who some of you might know. And uh, well, before I, I leave, Mark, I'm just going to use your platform for something. I hope the Bulls sign one more guy, and my guy specifically, Ife Lundberg, uh, Danish guard. Uh, we're looking to have the first Dane hit the NBA ever, and I, I would just be ecstatic if that was with the Bulls. I think you'd make such a good fit. So hopefully they pick him up, uh, and, and with yeah, well, within the next couple of days. Well, look, if they do, I'll get you back on, mate, to give me a scouting report because I have no idea who he is. I've, I've seen you mention the name before. Can't really say I know yep. much about his game. So should that happen? Um, and obviously, AK has those connects over in Europe. Uh, should that happen, I'll get you back on to give us a full, full-on scouting report. Nice one. Looking forward to it. Let's hope it happens. All right, mate. Well, I appreciate you joining us. Um, we'll be back. Bulls HQ will be back You know, over the over the next week or so. Maybe tomorrow, maybe in the next couple of days. We'll see how the next couple of days transpire in terms of what the Bulls do. Like we said, there's still things to do. So I'm expected to be podcasting again very soon, hopefully discussing DeMar DeRozan. But if it's not DeMar DeRozan, then maybe it's something else that uh, we just haven't foreseen, similar to the Vucevic deal. But whilst you're out there online following Morton on Twitter and everything everywhere else, hit me up on Twitter too, at MK Hoops. Follow the show on Twitter as well, at Bulls HQ Pod. If you want to send me an email, if you want to discuss free agency, if you want to you know, get my thoughts on it, you want to have a conversation about it, send me an email, bullshqpod at gmail.com. If you also want to be part of the Bulls HQ Discord forum or Discord channel, an invite link to the Discord will be part of the description of this podcast episode, so you can find it there. Typically, I say DM me, but we're trying to get more people through during free agency, so you'll find the link to join the Discord via this podcast description. So as I said, thanks again to more for coming on. Very, very happy Bulls fans based on how the first four hours of free agency have gone. Hopefully, the remaining uh, remainder period of free agency will be as fruitful, but that we shall see. But like I said, be back very soon, hopefully discussing more free agent signings. Thank you for tuning in for, into this one, Bulls fans. Speak very soon. Rose Davis, historian and co-host of the sports podcast, Burn It All Down. And now I'm hosting the new season of American Prodigy, all about Black girls in gymnastics. For the last 40 years, Black gymnasts have moved from the margins to the core of the sport and changed gymnastics along the way. Now, they tell their stories. You'll meet trailblazers like Diane Durham, superstars like Jordan Childs, and everyone in between. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.